Troubled listeners, and welcome back inside the Feral Zone. I am Renee Coleman, operating not under cover of darkness, actually a whole uh, disclosed location out here in uh, paradise. I'm at the, uh, we're at where the, the Monakea Beach Monica, Resort. Yeah, beach we're here resort at the, uh, the, what's this called? The Third Hole Restaurant? Third Hole. Number three, I think they call oh, it. Oh, okay. Number All three. Right, whatever. It's uh, kind <laughs> of right here on the golf course. Right here on the right here on the on the golf course. It's the back nine. I feel like we're all on the back nine of, of our respective <laughs> <lot> of courses. <laughs> but uh, sitting here with the uh, with my uh, my bandmate Joe Cabral of the hey, Iguanas. Hey Renee. Uh, and uh, and uh, first time guest on the on the sh- on the show, but a, a longtime friend, the uh, great uh, impresario, uh, Mr. Kenny Martinez Bergmeier. Renee, aloha. Aloha. So here we are. Uh, it, last night you had your triumphant. Ninth annual Big Island Jazz and Blues Festival. It was amazing. We pulled it off. Congratulations, had Kenny. To, had to cancel it three times. Amazing. Three times, yes. Oh, and all the aggravation of all that. But you know what? At the end of the day, you guys experienced it. It was a magical event. And they just, it was. And they just hooked me. They said the general manager and vice president... Uh, can you guys do this again next year? Say, hook me like a ahi tuna. Okay. They got me there, pull me in. I try to get out. They yeah. Back. But we're going to be doing their 10th annual, and maybe we'll bring the iguanas back. Okay. I, I think that's hey. an automatic, right? Maybe All right, sure, if we play available. our cards right. Yeah. If, yeah, if you treat me really right. Oh, really? Maybe, well, I, we have to treat each we, other right, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> don't we, Kenny? Uh, yeah, we, we actually it's a two-way we do. street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and our budget's spent already for any more cocktails and food. Don't uh-huh. Okay, well, you know, I, yes, uh, I'm, I told you I'm, I've been planning it out very, uh, I wasn't doing it strategically, but maybe unconsciously I was, because I have just enough money left on my credit for, uh, to feed myself and have this, uh, pay for this, this Mai Tai. I, I got here to the island and I had a Mai Tai, and then this is my closing Mai Tai. You know, sometimes if you order a fish taco plate, they may cut it in half, so you just get one instead of two. Hmm. Might help. Is, I don't know how that would help. <laughs> I mean, because I'm trying to, I'm on my, my calorie restriction. Oh, oh, okay, okay, I see. Yeah. No, no, look, um, uh, I, I look at the menu, and even though it's delicious food, you know, we're here in, in, in paradise, and the food is all terrific. I, I like, God, I, I, I can't devote the, uh, the calories to chewing any of this, you know? It's like, a, <laughs> sometimes I get like that on the road, you know? It's, it's, Seems like a labor, but yeah, right. uh, and you actually write it down. Do you like count each bite and chew? No, no, I just try <laughs> yeah. to get past it. Oh, okay. it's like it's how, how much it. of how much yeah. of it can, much can I force yeah. myself to get through <laughs> before <laughs> I give up on this meal? His jaw stops working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so we had a terrific lineup last night. We had uh, had some return uh, artists. Tell us about the artists you had. Well, uh, we had first time ever playing on Hawaii Island. First of all, folks, this is they call it the Big Island, but it's the Hawaii Island. There's seven islands out here yeah. in Hawaii, and I live on Maui, which you guys have played our Maui Jazz and Blues Festival, and there's Oahu, 
and you guys have played that Oahu Jazz and Blues yes, Fest. Yeah. Now, and we've been doing our Big Island nine years, but we brought in uh, from the New York area uh, a great jazz messenger, Javon Jackson, mm-hmm. saxophone great, yeah. and he jammed with you guys, which he really had a great time with yeah, you guys. Did. And he sounded great. It was killer. Oh, his, his set he was nailed very, it. Oh yeah, his set was nice. And then uh, yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah. and uh, was awesome. Yeah, and the see, it's a big boy voice, Joe. Joe I know um, you. I, I know when you voice. talk in the microphone, it's loud as shit. <laughs> can, you so just, you, can you just turn this up? No, you and I are, are, are sharing a channel, so uh, I got you. So I got to speak up a little. bit. You got to speak at yeah. least as loud as I am. Okay. It I, didn't, be hard. I thought you were speaking kind of loudly, but okay. That's I my normal. You don't have to be that late normal podcast, normal big boy man, voice. Big boy. Yeah, okay, yeah. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. And uh, then uh, on the, from the, on the West Coast side, we brought in Grammy winner. Um, Eric Marienthal. Yeah. Which, you know, he has those New Orleans roots, too. You know, he played, he, when he was a kid, he came out to New Orleans and got a gig with Al Hurt. I was reading that, and, and, yeah. and I, I asked him, because he was he was uh, playing with Hurt at a time when my bass teacher had just been playing with him, or maybe played with him uh-huh. right after that, and I was asking this, this guy, Bill Huntington, who's a great New Orleans bass player, and I was asking Eric if he played with Bill, and he said no, it was uh, somebody else from the West Coast who was... Who was on the Came band? In that, that yeah, time. yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, he turned all over with him, and then he uh, he moved out of New Orleans, went to Cal- California, and then he got the gig with Chick Corea, and then man, he's been touring with Chick Corea for thirty five years. Right, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he yeah. and he's got his own Grammys, and I think he just got nominated with uh, Randy Brecker just this last year too. For right, right. Yeah. So I so I did a, <laughs> a, a, a yeah duo record with with Randy Brecker. Wow, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. So uh, so that's kind of talent. And then of course we had. Uh, uh, Zydeco Cajun Master, Master uh, Wayne Toops, man. Right. Hall of Famer and yeah, He's legend. got a big personality, man. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, man. Uh, Wayne flew the coop this morning. You know, we had a whole... Yeah. All the, everybody was here yesterday, and I just couldn't get it together to uh, to do this podcast when all these people were here. But uh, we had Wayne Toops, and he's got, a, again, a, has a big personality, a long career there. Uh, you know, yeah. we uh, Joe and I remember Wayne from when he was in his bodybuilding uh, phase. phase yeah. Of, like yeah. the, the, the like late I remember 80s, those days, early nineties, yeah. oh, yeah. and uh, you know shorts, I don't know if he was on some supplements bands. or what was up there. He, he was on a whole bunch of different supplements. Yeah, yeah, back, yeah, back yeah. in those days, yeah, yeah, I think some, we all were some Mexican supplements, that's, perhaps. That's yeah, a good yeah. word for um, yes, 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 yeah. But uh, but but yeah, he had the the cutoff jeans, like cut off so so high, the pockets, the white pockets would we're stick out. Through. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Remember those days? Yeah, yeah. Sex symbol, but totally. He's still a sexy guy, but he's a uh, he's a mature gentleman now. He's got a terrific voice, though, and man, a powerful accordion player. Oh, he's incredible! You know, yeah. And it's it's interesting, you know. I, I love the, and I know you love this too, Kenny. The cross pollination that you get uh, between some of these acts, you know, where you, so last night we had, uh, well, you were you were going down the, the list of people, and one of the people that was his his first time playing. Uh, in in the festivals uh, was uh, d- our our good buddy and former trouble trouble troubled podcast <laughs> guest. Mm-hmm. Take your time. Yeah, your days are. I know you're supposed to say spit it out, Renee. <laughs> Um, Hi, Doug. Oh, Doug Garrison. Doug He's, Garrison, uh, great joining the party. Drummer. Here. So hey, we have please. a set of uh, uh, earbuds for you. It's 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 uh, and you know we'll pass the mic to you here in, in a bit. We're just uh, kind of going back through the uh, the. We're just talking about the, world economics. Some of the highlights and lowlights and and. Uh, uh, yeah, so so Dale Spaulding uh, came from Canned Heat, frontman for Canned Heat, but an old friend of the Iguanas, played, uh, has a history playing with uh, Pancho Sanchez, grew up with the Alvin Brothers in, in Downey, California. Anyway, so he's a terrific harmonica player uh, uh, and singer, and uh, so he... 
he was doing some he got up and the iguanas were backing him up on a, on a few canned heat numbers yeah. and we we also had had just backed up wayne toop so he was still on stage yeah so we had incredible. had wayne playing uh uh some powerful Cajun accordion on uh, going up to the country. Whew, that was, that was amazing. amazing. Yeah, it was killer. It was so and great. when you guys doing that, I mean, we did it first Friday night version of it, and it was the first time you guys have ever done that song together. Right. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. When you guys, yeah. I said, you guys are doing that song, right? And you all looked at me, well, uh, yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> and you pulled it off. Yeah, yeah Kenny. Incredible. Professionals. Yeah, that's you are professional. Do. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's the only reason I bring do. you here. I, I Try to yeah. forget about that, but you, yeah, that, so you're, yeah. that's where you're Sorry, here. Sorry, we're here to do that. <laughs> but yeah, that. Dale Spaulding, yeah. Can't Heat. First time ever that has ever, that kind of music was played here with a legend like the Can't Heat name with Dale Spaulding. Man. Right, yeah. and the crowd the loved it. You know? oh. So you have, you have yeah, all these artists, you know, like, uh, you know, these, like straight ahead jazz guys and, and you know, cool jazz guys. And, and then uh, and then we go to like uh, Cool in the Gang and Daz Band with Skip Martin. Right. I mean... The place was rocking. Remember yeah, that everybody was. was up dancing on that. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, Skip Martin. He's a Grammy winner. He, you know, cool in the gang. Come on, you can't say more than that. And right. Dad's band, Whip It, all those great tunes that he's done, and and he he just lit it up. And he's up on stage playing with you guys because he's a magical straight, you know, straight ahead trumpet player too. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. Of people Absolutely. don't know that, right? Oh no, he's a terrific yeah. trumpet player. And and yeah. Skip is a great guy. And Skip actually came and and. Uh, you know, well, uh, we're jumping around a lot. Uh, you very graciously, Kenny, set up a uh, terrific ceremony uh, oh, for yeah. for all the musicians yesterday. It's a tradition. Well, tell us a little bit about that ceremony. That yeah, nice. uh, yeah. It's uh, well, my good friend Kahu uh, Lions Naoni. He's born and raised in Hana. Uh, you know, full-blooded Hawaiian. His family goes back there a thousand years, and we've been good friends for been oh, three decades or so, easy, and. He wanted to come over here and and present an, what we call an ava ceremony, which is made with kava, but it's, you know, it's all in natural plants. It comes from Polynesian. And he conducted this beautiful Hawaiian ceremony that people, you can't even film them. You know, I mean, they're very restricted. Yeah. You go, it's invitation only. If you, and you guys, we, you qualified this this yeah, week. We were invited. <laughs> but it, it was, as you guys were all there, it was very spiritual. Um, you know, it's the, the, the heart and the real true meaning of aloha what it's all about and our and bringing our ancestors in with us uh -huh. and they're always there that presence and and there's you know everything has life like right. even a stone uh, uh you know the this the clouds and all the beautiful beings in the you know our sea hawaiian seabirds to our deep ocean co uh sharks our mono honu our turtles and he kind of brings all that element and then the ava during the ceremony you got to be we put the women on one side because then we honor them first. We put you guys, you know, fit your backs to the horizon because that's where you guys are coming in from the ocean. That's where they used to do when they would welcome the guests coming in. Uh -huh. And our back, and the, like the chiefs, are, we were looking out at the ocean, our, our back against the mountain. Bringing, but it, it's very, it was so spiritual. You guys felt it. Oh, yeah. Some tears were in people's it was eyes. It was beautiful. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was, and, it was and everyone got to take it and they said a few words that came from their heart and their soul and, it was very touching. I'm I'm really, really, really happy that you guys finally got to experience something like that. We talk real mana. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that was that was beautiful, man. The guy was very, very heavy and and really yeah. took his time with us. Uh, you know, explaining the you know, you could really see. There's when, no wrong way to do anything. Well, right? well yeah, but but <laughs> yeah. then when somebody is is explaining yeah. something, then they really start to slow down so that they can see that you're really taking it in, you know, and they're really holding your attention, you know, and 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 and. And uh, yeah, that, that was that yeah. Was he's a great healer. I, I met him like say thirty some years ago, and he was a teacher at professor at University of Hawaii at okay. the Maui campus, teaching Hawaiian language, the healing uh, arts of Hawaii, and just teaching language and everything. And that's how we first met, and we really clicked and been okay. good, good, good friends. With my Native American roots and his, you know, us being indigenous, it really had right. that connection. Right. Yeah. Well, so during that ceremony, I don't know if you know, we were all, uh, uh, you know, kind of revealing ourselves in, in, in subtle, subtle or not so subtle ways. After that, uh, I went to try to force some food down <laughs> my mouth, and Skip Martin came and found me and, and said, "Here, I'm going to come sit with you." And I was like, "Oh, here, Skip, Skip's going to come minister to me, man." All right. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, he did, man. He, he had some some. Uh, he told me a little allegorical story, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he skips like that. Yeah, man. I was like, "All right, I could feel but this you know, coming," you yeah. know. But he just he saw me and and, and he thought, "Well, and let me go see right. Brother Renee. Let me see if I can." And you know what? And that's you know, some, all, all your shields kind of come down. You know, and there's no shields up with mm-hmm. you. You know, as an inner person, you know, we always have our shields up, right? right? And you do ceremony like that, they all disappear. And and then after that, I'm, I'm sure, you know, when you came over, you guys had a probably a little different connection, um, right? You know, I mean, sure. Well, you know, I I think musicians generally, you know, if 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 you're kind of being cool with everybody, you sure. you tend to to drop that anyway, and particularly if you've played together. Yes, yes. You know, it's uh, you know, all that artifice is is really. Foolish. Yeah, all that bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. We could say that stuff on the. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this good. Is, uh, it's not monetized in any way. So oh, you can say whatever oh, you want. Oh, good. <laughs> it's, good. It's, like... it's nothing to lose, Kenny. <laughs> So, but but that that brings me back to another thing, Kenny. Uh, uh, you know, you're you're always so positive, man. You have such so much energy. I know you you have a sales background. You started as a, a young child. You were extremely successful. But you know, often, and I found that maybe even more this time. I come to some. I mean, this is paradise. This mm-hmm. is a beautiful location. I said it to you when I was being interviewed for your thing yesterday. I said, well, you know, if you can't have fun here, you should give up. So Yet, true. as I'm saying that, I'm thinking my own internal dialogue. I'm thinking, so what? Are you just saying you should give up, Renee? Because, I mean, it's, it's like, here, I can come here and still be, you know, troubled in paradise. You know, that's, uh, yeah. might, might, be the, might be the title of this, this little episode here. <laughs> um, troubling times in paradise, yeah. <laughs> well, well, no, troubled. Trouble. I'm troubled. You, you, I'm, you, you in, are, I'm you, in paradise, yet, yet, yeah, the, yet the, you know, there, there is no, well, we, we learned this from AA, there is no geographical uh, cure Solutions. for anything. Yeah. Yes. So you, wherever you... AA, is that a Mai Tai in front of you? Well, yeah, I mean, I... But that was you know, a long time, at one point. Well, yeah, I <laughs> learned know, like, things from Scientology. Yeah. I'm not a Scientologist either, so, you know. <laughs> I pick shit up all over the place, Kenny. <laughs> hey, what are those guys in the white van doing over there? Why are they watching us? So, uh, yeah, when they, they come, they're, they're coming for uh, we, we love the Scientologists. Please don't come after me. Don't, please come. don't sue me. Oh. Um, uh, so, so, Kenny, you know, how, how do you keep such a positive attitude? Please tell us that. Tell us your secret. Oh man, um, I don't know. I guess this is just inbred with me as a young child. I mean, uh, I grew up in Colorado, and like ten generations there on my on my mom, grandma's side, and grandpa, and all that. But you know, I was raised at eight years old. We opened the first Mexican food restaurant in Jefferson Boulder County. 
okay, in the 60s. The and first I was eight one, years, really? Yeah, the first one. Wow. If you can believe that. Yeah. And uh, I was eight years old, and they put me washing dishes. So, you know, I can then I grew all the way up there, and then I was a, a chef, kitchen manager right next to my grandma, Sylvia Baca Martinez, and our little Mexican food restaurant. It would be like two-hour waits to get in there. We built one of the first margarita gardens ever. You can manage this back in like 1968, 69, 70, Margarita Garden. People didn't know what that was. Right. And our food was, you know, written up in GQ magazine even. It was what was the name of the restaurant? Sonora Inn. Sonora Inn. The Sonora Inn, yeah. It was in Denver? Yeah, it was in Arvada. Old Arvada. Town, Arvada. Yeah, wow. really cool little spot. And my uncle Phil Apolino, Martinez, my mom, and my grandma, they all opened it together. Wow. And I kind of got in that. And I, you know, they, in that kind of thing, you kind of learn. You know, you got to, they, they yeah. teach you, okay, you do this right or you don't do it at all. Right. So I really, you know, that's right. I got in that whole thing. And I really worked hard through high school. I had like three different jobs. My dad was in the car business. I was like a lot boy, detail guy. Mm -hmm. Then go work at the restaurant and end and, and, and school. Yeah. And wow. then, uh, yeah, I get in the car business. When I, was I was getting all set to go to CU, University of Colorado, all set. And my dad said, why don't you sell, try selling cars for, for, for uh, the summer? Mm -hmm. So I went there and went, went and my first month made like 26, 2688. I remember the check. And it's 1978. Uh -huh. Back then, that's like 7,000 bucks right. for an 18-year-old kid. Right. And they said, hmm. hey, go out there and go pick out any car you want. That'll be your demo, your car. Uh -huh. And I went and picked out this little silver Fiesta, little silver bullet. We call it, I called it a silver bullet. You know, Fiesta, they look like those little rabbits, front-wheel drive mm -hmm. with little alloy yeah. wheels. And you know, I could have had all the Mustangs and all that, but I thought, oh, this is a cute little car. Back then, the, the little rabbits were kind of a new and had a uh -huh. little sunroof. And, but anyway, I, I went through that thing, and I saved my money. And when I was 19, I bought my first house. Wow. Yeah, $56,000 <clears> out in Arvada, Boulder County area. And my dad always taught us, you treat people the way you want to be treated. So, you know, that's, that's the way they try all, my brother and all of us, you know, that's, you know, you treat people the way you want to be treated. Never lie to anybody. Just always be honest and just do it. Mm -hmm. And, and you, and then you'll achieve things. And, uh, I got offered, uh, after that I was, Porsche came and offered me a job and I was the youngest Porsche manager in the world at 26. Huh. Yeah. You're, you're Porsche managing dealership. a Porsche, Porsche dealership. dealership. <laughs> Yeah, in Lakewood, oh. Colorado, Prestige Porsche Audi. So I was doing that at 26 and doing all that. And I did that for a few years, but I just got burned out in the car biz and decided to get in the, a friend of mine opened a TV station in Denver. And I kind of left the, the Porsche place and had my place in Boulder. And he said, come and help me. And I know you're you know, good marketing and all that. And I went to work at a t little TV station and launched a, uh, a TV show. I said, hey. Let me do a little jazz blues TV, because that's when MTV and VH1 was happening, right? Uh-huh. And there was no jazz blues world music. And I You'd said, always been a fan of oh, jazz yeah, and blues? My grandma, my grandma loved jazz and blues. Back, back in the day, she uh, had a little in La Junta, Colorado, and had a little tavern there, and mm. would bring a lot of musicians in. And, and, they, and back in the day, they used to, she used to sell hooch. Uh -huh. It was illegal. And even met Al Capone once, who came through Colorado. And the Coors, Coors, Joseph Coors would deliver beer to her illegally back huh. Coors in, at a Golden. Wow. So there's some real roots, Mike. My, my so grandma. that was back during, during uh, Prohibition? Yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, she, and then she would, and she always, always loved like Louis Armstrong and all that jazz music, Nat King Cole. And, okay. And we played a lot of that music. And, and she always got me hooked on it. And, and, you know, and then she always would take me to the movies. You know, uh, uh, we'd close the restaurant at 2 o'clock, and you have to open at 5, and then we'd go, hey, let's go see this movie. I, mean, she, I remember I was 
what about 14 we went or 13 we went and saw a taxi driver you know yeah and, <laughs> with your they, grandmother and, they, and I was like and then, they, and then they're like oh in 1972 oh we're gonna go the godfather is out we're gonna go see the godfather wow and okay yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah, she, she wasn't afraid she wasn't <laughs> trying to shield you from anything no no, no <laughs> not at all me. and all the movies man we would go do that would be our Sunday afternoon breakaway and we, after I really got into TV I love movies and stuff like that and I went to CU film school after I left the, the car biz and you know, I went to work with my buddy TV station, started to learn all about all the production stuff back uh-huh. in the day when you had the cameras were like 100 pounds right. those days. So you went back and, uh, and, and you studied stu- Yeah, I went to see you. Okay. Yeah, I went to see you, study over the CU film school a little bit. And the teachers there say, you know what? You want to really make an interview? You should take all that money you're going to spend at, at CU and just go to LA and say, give it to go to a director and say, here's all my money. Just go make a movie. And do it. Yeah. And that's, that's what a lot of us did. We just said, you know, fuck, I'm out of here. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I said the F word, but it's okay. No, it's, it's oh, fine. Fuck. Good. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but, um, and I, my buddy gave me a chance. He said, hey, he opened the TV station. He said, yeah, you want to do a ch- show? Do it. I'll give you a 1130 time slot for 30 minutes. So we did it, and we started going to jazz clubs, El Chapultepec, and there's a couple jazz fests in Denver. We went to film those and met some musicians coming through. And, and within three months, we got a phone call from American Family Network, and all of a sudden they said, oh, we like your show. We like to take you national. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And they said, can you do an hour? I said, okay. Yeah, we can do an hour. I'm like, damn. There's no, there, back then, there was no jazz and blues videos. Nothing existed. It's all rock and roll MTV and stuff. Uh-huh. So, so I said, yeah, we'll do it. So I thought, well, man, I better, I got on the phone, called New York. I called like Columbia Records, Blue Note, all those cats. And he said, oh, that's a great idea. There was really no, no one's doing a jazz blues show. And, and you, and they, and you, you, you had the just because you have nerve, and you, and you, <laughs> exactly. you, you, I mean, this is all pre-internet, so you had to like look up the number the for people, these, yeah. these, oh yeah, places, and you just cold called them. Yeah, and I wasn't really into the you know music yet. You know, I, uh, I, I kind of helped a couple bands in Denver bands. I was kind of I love music and stuff, uh-huh. so I did a little like little light management there when uh-huh. I was in the car business. Very light, very light, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and and yeah, I would have them get their drugs too, you know. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but. But, yeah. but I, then I said, you know what? Okay. And, and I talked to the big wigs out there. Oh, yeah. Well, why don't you come to New York? We'd like to meet with you. So I fucking fly to New York. First time ever in my life. Uh-huh. And I had all these meetings with Columbia Records, Warner Brothers. And, you know, and they met, met me. I was, you know, 20, what are they? I was in my uh, uh, 20, late 20s. Mm-hmm. And we went in there and met with these guys. And they said, oh, we love the idea and everything. Like, but, you know, we don't have any videos. We, don't, we got them for our, you know, other big, big acts, rock and roll. Right. And I said, well, don't worry, we'll, we'll make them. I mean, my big mouth. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> so, but I came up and said, you know what, there's all these jazz festivals. Back then, there was over 500 jazz festivals happening, right? Now, uh-huh. there's freaking 10,000. Yeah. But I said, you know what, we'll start going to the jazz and blues festivals. Since I got the platform, I have a TV show that's nationwide now. Mm-hmm. So I was, then I got on the phone and hitting up jazz festival promoters and say, hey, do you want us to do, we'll come down and do an hour TV show on your thing with Eric, uh, to, to 14 million people. Do you want, and they go, yes. I love the way that you can leverage every single stage of this yeah, for no, the it, next stage up. It's, it's amazing the way you chain this all together, can yeah, you? Know, it's fat. It, well, it wasn't a plan. No, <laughs> but it's it's called the improv. Oh, that's, great. that's great, man. Yeah. But I think it came from my, you know, my day of, you know, selling automobiles, but we were like on Honest guys, my dad like treat everybody the way you want to be treated and be honest, straight. Yeah, but you're right. He was like still stepping stones, and so I went out there and I started. And I started calling the festival promoters, and they said, "Oh yeah, we love it." And I said, "Okay, we're gonna need. I'll bring my crew in. We're gonna need uh, ten hotel rooms. We're gonna need them for uh, two weeks." Right. And uh, they said, "Okay." 
and come on out and and by the way, you'll get you know a little budget if you have any little bit. And we got some small kind budgets. And then I started going out to sponsors, and then I went to Coors Light, and they they loved the idea. Oh, Jazz Blue Show, and you're based here, and oh yeah, we'll be. And they were our first sponsor, Coors Light. Okay. Charlie opened the door, and it was good. And then you know, and then we started going to all these different other you know the Highlands, the Caribbean, the St. Lucia Jazz Fest, Barbados, Air Jamaica, Jazz and Blues, and. And you and, like this lifestyle. You like, oh, uh, uh, you know, cruising around, staying in the in the, the oh, nicest after, rooms in the hotel. We, ex- and, well, after and you start getting there, you, you walk in. Hobnobbing with uh, Chick Corea and, and uh, you know, whoever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it's been incredible. I mean, I've, I got like the last TV interview with Jerry Mulligan. Nice. Yeah, and Albert King. Right. Okay. That's the thing. We went out to start shooting all these guys and, you know, shooting these guys, artists. And then all of a sudden, like, Albert King died, all right? I interviewed him. We shot him. Actually, that was at the Boulder uh, uh, Theater. And Albert King played there. And then, like, two weeks later, he passed away. And then I get a phone call. Oh, we heard you guys shot Albert King. And, yeah. No, I didn't shoot him. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Not that way. Man. Not that way. You got footage of him and all that. And then... And this is from CNN, and they took our footage, and they said, yeah, you guys could have it. All of a sudden, we got, on the credit, CNN going to 280 countries, Jazz Alley TV. Okay. So getting credit, and you know, and then we started the CNN guys like, oh, you guys are always out traveling. Can you send us some footage here and there? And then it happened with E! Entertainment Television. You know, and I would, even, I would even do some host segments for E! And be like, we were, hey, we're here at the St. Lucia Jazz Festival. It's E! Entertainment Television. Give them a little footage. And uh-huh. they loved it. But no one was really doing jazz and blues. So we started making these little videos and telling the acts, hey, we'll shoot your whole set, do interviews with you. And, you know, working with everybody, you know, from Carlos Santana to, you know, Sting and, you know, I mean, B.B. King. B.B. Right. King, I, he's probably been on my show a good 10, 12 times. He was yeah. really a good, <laughs> cool cat. But wow. we would go traveling all over the world. We'd go he's to, not going to be on anymore. No, he's unfortunately. Thank you. God we did, uh, we did you know, capture these old greats. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, no kidding, man. I mean, uh, yeah, because these, these guys is, is not anymore coming down the pike, man. No. That's why I say, you know, like, that's why I got to get you now, man, because, you know, who knows how, you know, how, how long the timeline is for any of us, Kenny. Exactly. Yeah, you know? it's... It was just crazy, and then uh, BET came to me, and uh, they saw our success of our show, and then they took us on BET. Remember BET Jazz? Sure. Mm-hmm. They had that, and they put us on there, and and I started producing another show called Jazz Pads. You know, because they had NPV Cribs, so I said, you know, guys, wait, we should do a show about. You know, let's let's go to Roy Haynes' house, Marianne McPartland's house. Let's okay. go to Keiko Matsui's house. Peter, you Peter, uh, you know, I mean Peter um, White. You know, the smooth jazz uh-huh, guys as right. well. But I remember going to Roy Haynes' house, man. I'm guessing there's a lot of so White cool. and, and, and Peter, yeah. Peter uh, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he's a, he, he was a true gringo. Yeah, but he was a nice yeah. guy. No, great, I mean, uh, just, uh, just oh, like light colored palettes, you know, <laughs> yeah. like the like a uh, shabby chic, you know, and kind of a totally. off uh, kind of a, a <laughs> bone color. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just yeah. falling here. Oh yeah. <laughs> Can you see that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm looking at that color right now. It's I remember going to Pon- uh, I went to Poncho Sanchez's house too, and he made green chili, chili verde day for us. Oh, nice. At his house. Go. Yeah. And we did a little jazz band. He's at Tejano. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he's great. I'm trying to get him out here. I think we can get him out. And Dale Spalding, as you said, he played with him. Yeah, I was talking yeah, to Dale. Yeah. I said, yeah, let's let's call him. He knows me, and let's get him out here. Maybe next year we will all do that. He does. He but, does. Para donde vas? But oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. I filmed at Yoshi. I helped him actually get his first. Grammy we did when he did Soul to Soul we filmed it at Yoshi's and he was just going to release that album and we shot it and the, and the record company used a whole bunch of our footage and promoted it and that was his first Grammy 
right? Wow. So I'm really, yeah, proud to say that, you know, I helped. I was like part of the so tool. So he owes you, is what he, you're saying. Well, he, well, he already did. He already made me Chili Verde, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, so chili Verde and tortillas for yeah. another Latino. That's all you need. Right <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Right and, you know, told me a tamale. I'm, I'm now there. But, you know, Mark, back to our show. Mm-hmm. We we got a phone call from uh, the Voice of American Networks, and, and they loved it. And all of a sudden, the show is in 80 countries. Wow, Kenny. Yeah. yeah. To this day, it's all over. You know, because we sent they sent all these master tapes back, and then and to this day, I still don't know where, where it's playing. You know, all these little countries playing it, right. and Stuff too. You know, because we don't get we never got any. You right. Know. So you, they, you, no money for that. You must but, have made a small fortune with all this. You know, uh, you know, not a, you know. Hey, you it, plow it, was it all more, back into. The it was business. more money when like BT would say, "Okay, oh, now you guys are with us, uh, we'll go film a one-hour TV special in St. Lucia or Barbados and do you all have this." A budget. Yeah, and yeah. then they say, and they would give us a real budget. Right. And I'm playing with like 25 guys. Wow, they, no kidding. Yeah. We, back in the day, you got to have all these big cameras and the long 20, you know, 24-foot jibs right. and all that stuff. And, man, we check into, like, United Airlines, we'd have over 100 bags. I mean, so, you can't do that stuff anymore. Right. Now we just travel with these little now cameras. Now it's down to you and Dave and an iPhone. Exactly. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anybody, with a, anybody with an iPhone is a filmmaker these days. Yeah. Right? It's, it's amazing. Like, we were out there uh, taking uh, photos of the, the sunset while we were waiting to go on last night, and the photos that, that we were taking with the iPhone. It's yeah. like a Holy cow. Yeah, you could you get published. I mean, you know, Unbelievable, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Wow, it's just yeah. amazing. Well, yeah. Well well so so you start off with the with this Crazy, uh man. kind yeah. of film career. It goes into uh you know uh shooting all these jazz festivals. At some point you think, well fuck this, I could just make them myself, man. I could, I could, well uh, yeah, well, that's after experiencing going all you know, we they would we I would go to like North Sea Jazz Festival. And then we would we would go like on the tour like like we we, we were like on uh, we had uh, my shirt Jazz Alley TV World Tour that's mm-hmm. my guys and we would fly into to England hit shoots from there we'd fly over to North Shore, we went to uh, the North Sea Jazz Fest and take the train then we go to the Montreux Jazz Festival then we'd go all the way to Jazz Juan, one of the oldest jazz festivals in Europe mm-hmm. with all the great you know Miles Davis John Coltrane all played there. And you know, and staying at all these, you know, the the Montreux Palace and right. these most beautiful places, and they treated us like royalty too. Yeah, when you something that went back in those days when you had a camera and I was a host, you could open, we could any, all the doors open, and especially in Europe, man. Oh wow, yeah, and even here. And then we started doing stuff in Canada, going to Victoria Canadian government. I get calls, hey, would you come to Canada and and do the Victoria Jazz Fest? And this is the Canadian government. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah, and the same thing happened in New Zealand. We went over and did Waiheke Islander Jazz and uh, working with the New Zealand government. And they'd fly us over and we filmed. I did that like three times. Wow. Flying over there. And, you know, it just one country after the other, man. Bali, right. New Zealand, Australia, and all Cancun Jazz Festival. And, you know, all every island in the Caribbean. And then we, you know, doing reggae, reggae sum fest. One of the world's biggest uh, reggae festivals, right. and kind of mixing it up. Mm-hmm. They don't even go on stage. They don't start till midnight. Those yeah. festivals, mm-hmm. and you know, then you, they end at you know eight or nine in the morning. But you get you get used to it. Okay. The- <laughs> if you say so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> swear me out just hearing. About I mean, you're yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird, uh, you know. Yeah, interviewing like Ziggy Marley, and and he's got all his entourage, and he's holding a big freaking bud, man, two of them, and and smoking right there with him. These buds are like three feet long, but that's yeah. the religion. 
Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we were all getting high right with him because you have no choice. You know, yeah, yeah, smoking. I, and, I hear you, man. But you yeah, it's been a, it's, yeah, but it's been an amazing. And then Billboard Music Awards, uh, they heard about a show. He won. I've won two. Nice as a jazz as a music series. Nice, Ken. And you can't yeah. play a note. I I could do a nose flute, and I can strum my ukulele a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, it's it's been a, quite an adventure in uh, doing my independent career. As a filmmaker, um, we were blessed. We did our first movie called Brother Tide with some of my buddies in CU Film School, and we went to Sundance nice. back in the day. And then we did another movie called Quaternosa, and uh, it actually won Sundance, and uh, Lionsgate bought it. And we, uh, yeah, we've just been doing, I just finished a, a couple years back a sci-fi movie. We decided to do a sci-fi movie for like a million bucks. We got raised the money and did it, and it really turned out really cool, and Wanted a whole bunch of film festivals and and um, yeah, it, was, it just keeps going. Twenty three oh seven, Winter's Dream, a real cool sci fi, and yes. it, opened, it opened the same day as uh, Blade Runner, the, new, right. the, the Blade Runner, the new one. Timing right, is everything. Actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we opened like thirteen cities, cities but our little movie, uh, hey, it stood, it stood, it's really, it's cool. Standing up, check it out. Yeah, right yeah, on, it right really on. was real cool. Well, so so then so as you're saying, you, you have the film career and then and the you know all the videos, all the, the yeah. production. But then last night you were talking about uh, uh, this was like the 60th music festival you've produced or something. Yeah, this um, being here over 20 some years, you know, it's uh, in Hawaii. I've produced a lot of uh, festivals here, a lot of slack key ukulele festivals, uh, some film festivals over in Hana and Molokai and Lanai, these, these outer areas in Hawaii where the communities don't have a, a lot of time. Hey, and... Yeah, just yeah, to yeah, finish your sentence, because yeah. um, I'm going I'm, I'm yeah, uh, to uh, intro our next guest, who's, yes. who's, who's just sauntering up right now. So I was doing, I pr- yeah, but all these little festivals I've done, and being the experience that I have traveling around the world, seeing them, and... And coming back home, we're like, wow, there is no jazz and blues festivals. There's really no cool slacky festivals here. And I just started doing them, putting them together. And over the last 20-some years, it's been like 66 festivals I've produced here in Hawaii. And it's just kind of crazy. You Holy think about. moly. Yeah. Holy moly. Well, you know, Kenny, we could talk to you all day long. And I'm sure you I, would be I, happy I, about that. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to have yeah. to cut you off right but now. But if you could, though. <laughs> You know, we were going over my lineup at the Big Island Jazz and Blues Fest, and yes. one cat who's played many of them, you guys were, is Donald Harrison. Yes, well, you, you see, you're stealing my thunder, man. I always like to have the build-up to the letdown to the build-up. Um, so, so we have, uh, you know, our next guest, he's, he's uh, qu- quite uh, fabulously attired, you know, it's, it's, it's as per the usual. He's got the white pants on. I always love the white pants. He's got a, a, a nice, colorful shirt on. It's very uh, location-appropriate, I would say. He's nodding his head. Now, I got I to gotta say, uh, tell our guests, this is a... Uh, an audio-only podcast, so so uh, any nodding or gestures won't be picked up. So we're going to put that microphone right to our lips. And without further ado, our next guest, he, uh, what can I say? He's a, he's a fantastic uh, saxophone player, a veteran of the of the Art Blakey Big Band, a graduate of, of, of NOCA, uh, goes uh, 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 Big Chief of Mardi Gras Indians, uh, without further ado, the great Mr. Donald Harrison. Welcome, Donald. Well, it's fun to be here. Yeah, man. Hey, Thank you with all yeah, the guys. Right. 
Well, Donald, it's a thrill to be back here with you. As, as Kenny was saying, um, uh, you know, the Iguanas have done a whole bunch of these uh, over the years, and you've been on, on a whole lot of them. We've had a, a blast playing with you over the years because not only do you, are, you, are you so great on all the straight-ahead jazz stuff, but you have such a deep uh, New Orleans knowledge of the, of the street music. And uh, we'll talk about your background some. Yeah, my background in New Orleans is... Uh it's varied, <laughs> you know, but I think the most important thing was that my father and mother played so many different types of music at home. You know, yeah. We listened to Bach and Beethoven, to Etta James, to Charlie Parker, and uh, all these other great artists, artists from Africa, India. Okay. Just, just an eclectic way of approaching. Now, now, how did your parents have that that taste, that that broad taste like that? I never asked them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was it was wonderful for me because then I, I I grew to love all the music. Yeah. And then uh, when I when I got a little older, I decided I could probably play all of these different styles of music. But another key factor was my father was. Uh, the chief in the culture in New Orleans, and, and uh, he used to bring me to all the second lines when I was little. So he he, uh, he basically made that part of my psyche and part of my being, uh -huh. you know. Like when, when there's second lines, there's only a few guys I know. I'm going to see James out there, 12, and I'm going to see uh, Glenn Andrews. You know, so certain guys are out there at all the second lines. And and those, because we love it so much, right? And we talk about all the dance moves and all the old guys that we listen to, and the same thing with the culture. You know, I was around the fortunately around the old older chiefs, so I got the lessons from antiquity from them. Sure, because uh, it, it's really an offshoot culture, Congo Square, and and the stuff that we play in jazz came out of Congo Square. So inside the culture, they passed down those secrets. About you know when you when I listen to to old records from the 20s, I actually hear things from Africa that they're playing on those records, and how how they how they help to formulate what we call jazz. Yeah. So I feel like I'm like the missing link in this music because I have the whole spectrum. Nice. But then uh, the thing that made it come to life was when I read what Charlie Parker said in high school. He said. If you don't live it, it won't come out of your horn, and there's no boundary lines to music, which is one of the most profound statements I've ever heard any musician uh, make. And and my hypothesis of what he meant, hypothesis of what he meant is that uh, you have to go and live this music, and be with all the great musicians and get the lessons from them, and then you can. Uh, It'll come through your horn like that. Right. So I went out and I played with like 200 jazz masters. And I played with the masters of a, a lot of different types of music. You know, almost every style of music. I, mm -hmm. just, I just sought those guys out. Now, now going back to the, 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 your exposure to the whole Mardi Gras Indian tradition, your, your you know, involvement in the tradition... And, you know, but, but loving all these, being exposed to all these kind of musics, you already kind of were... Uh, internalizing like a kind of unified theory of music you're seeing the commonalities and how all this stuff is is connected because I, I hear that in your playing 
Yeah, that's what happened. I, I, I started getting to the to the point uh, where I could see that everything is connected. But I really I, I love what my parents did because they taught me to respect everybody. And you know, the music and, and musicians, some of us have that knack for respecting all of us and to look look for the positivity because you know you 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 learn from the positive of everyone you know and everyone has something to say right and and everybody is important so that's that's the the thing that uh I got from them and then I got to the point where I realized I wanted to unify everybody nice. because I was around everybody now uh, something I didn't realize in the first, I don't know, 10 times we were around each other or something about you, but, and this goes, this speaks to this idea, the, the unification of music, is that when you were up in New York, I think is when you were playing with Art Blakey, but you were living in, in Brooklyn, you had a, a young neighbor, a young Christopher Wallace, uh, better known as uh, uh, Notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls, who I'm a huge fan of. And when I was watching, I've watched every single documentary they put out on him and, and, and the, the, uh, the theatrical, you know, portrayal of his life because he means the world to me. So, but in the last documentary, they're talking about how he would go hang out with you and how you were giving him lessons like just about like, you talk about that song, man. Yeah, well, he was my neighbor. He was precocious, you know, very intelligent young kid. He was like uh, 15 or something? He was when 13. 13, okay. Time. But he couldn't leave off his stoop. The stoop, you know, is a porch in New York for, for a... His mom was very strict, right? I mean, yeah, well, she tried so to strict, be. Well, she, she just made sure that he didn't get involved with the things that were in the neighborhood initially. Uh-huh. So uh, he's, he'd see me with the horn. He'd, he'd just start talking to me, and it was like talking to an adult. But he still had the, you know... The, the demeanor of a kid playing games and stuff, but his in, his intelligence was and his understanding of uh, the world and the universe was uh, quite remarkable. So with then I became uh, friends with this little kid, and he he, uh, he said he liked music. Started asking me about music, and that he liked hip hop. So I said, well, you can come hang out with me. So. Then I tried to turn him into a jazz musician, <laughs> but he stuck with he stuck to his guns, and so we just started working on music, and I started giving him a a universal idea besides what he was listening to in hip hop that you could add all of these different elements to the music, right? And like and phrasing, man. Phrasing. I, from what I like, people yeah. you 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 had him listen to, to guys just just for phrasing, and you know that's right. one of the things about him, you know, like. Like he he wasn't a great like freestyle rapper. He would write all his stuff, but the the phrasing was uh, break your heart, man. Yeah, he. I mean, the rhythmic aspect and just different things that uh, he was able to add to the music. Well, the the main thing that I really love about him is that we talked about how to put positive affirmations in the music, which is why he's so loved. Because underneath everything, he's telling young people to work hard that you're special no matter what they tell you you know when he's got i was thought of a fool as a fool in school all these things you know and right he's saying i was broke and then well, christmas missed us and all that stuff he's telling a story that they can relate to but he's telling them sky's the limit you know do do your best grind hard 
and you can achieve All that right. that your work will shine through in the end so that's why you see murals because he's given hope to the hopeless that's his main message yeah yeah, no, he was tremendous, man. God, what a what a loss, you know. You think that some of these people, you know, we their their work uh, stands so so large in in in, in you know in, in the repertoire, but they were here for so long. I mean, for here for so such a short amount of time, you know. You think like Clifford Brown, you know. Yeah, Clifford. Uh, I was just listening to Clifford with Elmo Hope, and uh, that's a great record, you know. I can't remember the name of the song, but I was pass, passing the song around to people. Because I, I like, when I hear something that I think a lot of people need to hear, I just send it to everybody. Yeah. So I was sending this song out last night, and it's just tremendous. But Clifford, yeah, he's another one. So many uh, people who left us too soon. Yeah, man, you think, what, you know, what could, could these people have achieved, you know? Or here's the other thing. Like and this is very common, uh, you know, artists that live a long time. Miles Davis, uh, uh, Bob Dylan, uh, whoever, you know, the where you know people who who love them to death will hate them for something for an artistic choice that they made. It's their choice. It's their life. But it's it's odd, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, Miles, I was around him a lot, and I used to go to his house, and and. What a lot of people may not know about him is he was, the things that you saw him do, he was working on way more than that. Okay. You know, he was a painter. He uh, studied the world and the universe. Of course, he was a great musician. And he just, he just showed me how much you can do with your life. What he used to do, in the beginning, I was looking at him like, what is he doing? Because he would work on a painting for like 15 minutes, then go to the piano and start composing a song, then look at a film, and he was discussing what he was doing while he was doing all of these things. And he would just keep flitting around like a, like a humming, hummingbird to all of these <laughs> things that he was working on. And he was moving each one forward hmm. as I was watching him and, and talking to me about it and asking my opinion. I was like... Well, you're Miles Davis, so <laughs> I'd rather listen to you. But uh, he he made me realize that if you don't do everything that you think of in life, it might be that you're kind of lazy. But he was one of the hardest workers. Yeah. And he he had figured out these ideas of how to move a lot of things forward at the same time. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's an interesting, uh, interesting approach. A lot of people would get overwhelmed by the, you know, the scattered nature of that. But you know, hey, if you if you figure out what which which way your brain works best. Yeah, he was doing it, man. I th I think he had so much that he was uh, working on that he had to figure out that system. Yeah, that's that's just what I think. But I wasn't there when he figured it out. <laughs> he was just doing so much, you know, and and studying so much, you know, classical music. Music from Africa, so I mean, right. I was and boxing. He was into oh, boxing. Yeah. Uh, I always yeah. like that. <laughs> you know, a lot of the coolest people are into boxing. You know, Bob Dylan is into boxing. Bowie was into boxing. Like skinny guys, you wouldn't think, but uh, there's a reason they call it the sweet science, man. Oh yeah, it's incredible. You know, these these young boxers are incredible. The speed. I think the hardest thing about boxing, in my in my estimation. 
and the greatest boxers are able to see yes. the punch before it comes. Yes. And in that way, it's kind of like playing music, yeah. where when you have enough repetitions, time seems to slow down. Yeah. And, and you can see things happening way before you know, a normal person, you're like you, you're, you're, your acuity becomes so sharp. Yeah, and they know, I mean, you know, the first, first two rounds, they're feeling each other. Uh, they're out to try to see, okay, how does this guy re react to this? Right. How does he react to this? If, he, if I do this, then he's going to, let me see what moves he's making. So they're feeling, and then by the third round, they're, they're making moves on you. Sure. Because Setting traps. Yeah, yes. Using all the stuff they figured out in the first two rounds. Yeah. So these, these great boxers, you know, and then, then the, uh, the aptitude, as you say, of, uh, and the skill of knowing how to achieve all of these moves because of the repetition is just in, incredible. Looking at Mike Mike Tyson a few days ago in the peekaboo, you know the things he did with that. When he was, I used to go see Mike Tyson in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. When he was coming up and he had the black trunks on, and it was thirty-five dollars, and the seats were great, and he was just incredible. And he hit so hard, the other guys would start clinching up when they knew the punch and then they would make a noise like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Mike is strong I don't want to get in the ring with yeah. him <laughs> and then, then he would here. drop him quickly boom you right know? yeah when, when he was at his most ferocious man he said he could he could look at him he knew he, he won already just yeah. looking at him across the ring man yeah, he uh, was just the strongest boxer that I've seen and, and uh, he had like a little jump move when he jumped, they were in trouble. Yeah. He would jump, jump into you and boom, yeah. <laughs> unleash on you. It would catch everybody off guard because nobody really did that at the time. All right. Here's a force. Man, so Donald, so here we are back in, in uh, the Big Island, paradise. Uh, you like it over here? Uh, it's all right. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is one of the greatest places to be on the planet, you know. And it's just so relaxing and so peaceful. Right. That's, that's, that's the thing I really love about it, and it's so beautiful. It's just, it's, it takes you into a, uh, it's almost like meditating without meditating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it, you just get to a place, I, I guess that's why they call it paradise, because you're just, you're just at peace and happy and content. So to come here and, and be able to play music with friends and uh, other great musicians is a blessing. It is a blessing, man. Uh, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta say, I'm, 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 uh, I'm doing this interview as much to 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 get hints. I'm, I'm looking for help here. I'm <laughs> yeah, trying, yeah, but, but trying I, to <laughs> trying to heal myself here. There you go. But it, I mean, we have to, uh, as you were saying earlier, give uh, major kudos to Ken. Yes. For uh, having the vision. And then bringing us all together. Have, you know, great promoters know which musicians will gel together before the musicians do. And, and you know, I've been around a lot of them. He has that knack. And everybody, everybody's just loving and having fun. You know, it's a, it's a, there's a knack to do that. And yes. Then, and last night when we played, I felt it was really a special performance from all the bands and all the leaders and everybody hit their marks 
and and the audience was grooving and moving and having a good time. It was a really special moment. So to, to do that here in Hawaii, on the Big Island, being at peace like this, you can't beat this with a stick, man. It's just there you go. incredible. Right on. Well, yeah, thanks, Donald. Yeah, man, there's something else, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the whole the whole buildup over the course of the night and everybody played so great. And then they have all that, that uh, saxophone army up on stage. With us. You oh. love the saxophone players, you know, you got, you got 10 <laughs> saxophone players and one trumpet player. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always, Kenny. It worked, though. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, no. We, uh, my father's a saxophone player. I never get oh. tired of hearing the horn. No, no. It's, uh, <sighs> it was it was a sax night. It was. It was incredible. We got to have a night, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was our night. Oh, yeah. That's what made it special. <laughs> I'm joking. Right on. <laughs> uh, well, gee, Ken, I don't know. Should we take a little break here and uh, let the troubled nation uh, out in the feral zone get another drink? Maybe I'll eat a bite of this uh, Yeah, we can sandwich. do something like that. And hey, hey go to uh, our Facebook page. Okay. And you could see some of this from magical stuff from last night. All right, night. yeah. Well, let's everybody plug uh, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you tell us where we can well, find we can all plug, the... On, you can go on Facebook, the Big Island Jazz and Blues Festival, and we'll be posting all the, a lot of these little clips with all these cats. So Okay. Yeah, from last night and the last actually the last three nights. Right. Yeah, and the, I, yeah, three nights we've had some magical moments. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And, uh, and Donald, I know you know you have lots of exciting things coming up. You have a website, a Facebook page? Yeah, uh, I have a website, DonaldHarrison.com, and Facebook page, Donald Harrison. But uh, I just want to say this about this festival to the world. You should really look into this because it will some, some things enrich your life. And this is one of those things. If you if you get here, you should get here. If you can get here, right? Because these this is uh, one of the great festivals that will enrich your life. And I think our city, New Orleans, has the same thing. You oh know, yeah. A festival that will enrich who you are as a human being and teach you something about humanity, oh, and yeah. peace and love. So, if you have a chance, everybody in the world, I'm telling you. I don't say much, but this time I'm telling you for sure, it will change your life. Right on. Come well. to New Orleans. Come to Hawaii. It's Words of Aloha. Are, both yeah. of those are places that uh, people come to and f they forget where they came from. They're That's right. Like, oh, this is my <laughs> new home. <laughs> and if you go on my Vimeo channel, you'll see a lot of our jazz festivals from the past. One, full one-hour specials. Go to, to ja uh, Ken Martinez Bergmeier on, on Vimeo. And we have full one-hours of like about 100 videos and films I've done. But a lot of the, all the Maui Jazz and Blues Fest, Donald, you've been in all those, Oahu, you, and you guys are all the iguanas are in it, so. Are you, you look like we need a drink. You look at the, uh, like I think it's about that. I think it's about that time. <laughs> so, uh, Troubled Nation, uh, you know what to do. Uh, uh, go get yourself another uh, cocktail, and we'll be right back. Venga, venga, mi negra, y bailemos en 
Beach Resort Hotel, uh, what do they call these, golf courses. I am Renee Coleman, back with uh, my my uh, life co-host, Joe Cabral. <laughs> life. <laughs> Happy to help. Our, 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 our host, uh, Kenny Bergmeier-Martinez. I, I change your name every time. I'm Ken Martinez-Bergmeier. Okay, well, there is, you go. And this is the Hana Hole. And Doug Garrison here hey, is my, my right-hand man. So that was great. We had uh, uh, Donald Harrison came down and sat in uh, with us. Uh, thank you, Kenny, for uh, giving you, uh, you know, th- I'll give you a production credit for oh, oh, ha- having rousted him from his sleep. And, uh, right. you know, the, being the good sport that he is, he came down. and uh, He is an amazing uh, sport. Yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. We got to mention, in 2021, he got inducted to the National Endowment from the Arts as a jazz master. Nice. N-E-A, jazz yeah. master. Right on. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm more impressed by the Biggie Smalls Association. Yeah, I was now, did you too, yeah. did you know that, Kenny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay, all right, yeah, all right, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Not not breaking like, any news with you. No, okay. but it's <laughs> all right. Well, uh, well, <laughs> so so I'm feeling a lot better than I did when I started this podcast. Must be the Let me fish. just say that. It yeah. Must be the fish. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Or um, that maybe that mai tai's got something to do with the, it. The mai tai didn't hurt, but I think <laughs> it's mostly just getting my blood going. There you, know? you go. Just there uh, you go. Yeah. being able to be in touch with the people. You know, the yes. troubled nation out here in the feral zone, even without. Even without my uh, my my long suffering co host Manny Chevrolet, uh, you know we can we can still have some uh, it's some eke out some joy among the ennui. Here right, he's gonna be pissed to hear this that he's not here. Uh, too. He won't listen to this. Don't worry, he's, he's he, not, won't. He's, he won't. He's, he's, he's too he'll, troubled. He'll never know about yeah, any of this. Yeah. Um, but uh, so so Donald has taken his leave. Uh, uh, Doug yeah. and I are flying back to New Orleans today. Uh, Kenny, you're doing whatever, like planning ten more. Yeah, I'll festivals. fly back to Maui tomorrow. Yeah, and, nice. Um, uh, and Dale Spaulding's going to be stopping by my North Shore Hacienda okay. on Wednesday. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, Dale Spaulding is, uh, yeah, is going to be Canned Heat and, extending yeah. his, his stay here in Hawaii. Uh, Rod Hodges has already flown the coop. He's Rod missing a, a, extended his. another yes. uh, another Feral Zone podcast. He missed <laughs> the first one because he, yeah. uh, he was tied up in his room with COVID. But, right. Uh, right. but uh, now he's, he has uh, has. Uh, Better plans, better talent. He's off with Stephen Mouton. Stephen Mouton uh, down in the uh, uh, Oahu or uh, something. Uh, yes, uh, and uh, and so up. so Joe, as yes. as in our last few moments, what what are your plans? Here? So so yeah. Speaking of extending extending stays, so you know um, we're we're fortunate that we get to come down and and enjoy this slice of paradise and bring our music and our. Uh, our vibes here, and um, so we've been doing it a long time, and we've, you know this is not our first trip here, and and uh, on, on one of our visits, 
um, and w- when we came down to play, I was going to say uh, I think we we're making some headway, Joe. Absolutely, I know right. we are bringing it to the people, it, it, bringing it to the people. Right. And on, on one, on our last one, I had an extra day, and I spent a day. I had a car, and I drove around uh, the Big Island, just popping stop. You know, there's only two highways here, or whatever. You know, like one that circles the island, and it goes a couple of roads that go across. It. And so I was sort of going back and forth on these highways and I was like man this would be fun to do in a few days you know for for a little bit of time and so so I uh, uh, um, on after you know the pandemic we've been I haven't done anything for a long time right it seems like a number of years since I've done any kind of travel or any sort of pleasure kind of seeking decided to treat yourself and, and I decided to treat myself and I, I knew that uh, Hawaii would be something that I would dig into because I love the island. I love the island spirit. I really am fascinated by the settling of the islands, by mm. by how, how you know they were inhabited, and then they were kind of uh, taken over. And there's that. There's just all this kind of very very fascinating history to me. And so An insular I, history, but uh, absolutely. But, yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, an, it's a it's a it's a it's a beautiful kind of nation that that exists uh out here in, in the middle of the ocean yeah. and and uh so I, I just kind of wanted um, i'd want to immerse myself a little bit this mm-hmm. week and so that's what i'm gonna do i i uh i've i've um you know kind of got a couple places that i'm gonna stay i'm gonna drive around i'm you had I'm the reading. kava ceremony i had the, the, Ava, the, Ava the Ava ceremony, ceremony yesterday yeah. and i have i have from that i have the apu Okay. Which is the cup, uh-huh. right? I asked. Uh, 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 it makes uh, sense. Kahu lines for one. Yeah, and so it's empty, but I will take that with me this week, and I will fill it as much as I can with, with knowledge and with spirit. knowledge and the Hawaiian aloha spirit. There That's the vibe. That's there the idea. Go. I like it, and Jeff. I'd love it. And and so so I to that end I'm reading uh, I have like um, some I'm reading Hawaiian history books. I have like there's some there's uh, the Hawaiians are very interesting. You know, they they were a very uh, reverent people and also very 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 proud people and and into uh, their their royal lineage, mm. right? There's a lot of a lot of a uh, l- lot of stock in that, you know. And so, like these, a uh, couple of kings wrote books about where they were from and w- where the people were from. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm sort of uh, digging in those while I'm here walking among where they walked. Nice, you know. And I, and and you can feel it. I I can feel it. I, and I, in the know. ceremony, the Ava ceremony yesterday, he, talks uh, the, he, yes. was, he was talking about what this this place that we were sitting, what it's traditionally known as, what the, its traditional right. name was. Right. It's, you know, now Kanaloa, it's called this. I believe, wasn't it Kanaloa? Uh, Kanaloa, yeah, yeah. Kanaloa. Instead of, is, you know, everyone, which is Mauna Kea yeah. Beach Resort. Mauna no, no, Kea, no, no, yeah. no, no, that's yeah. not it. Right. Kan- Kan- Kauna Oa. Oh, okay, thank you, Doug. Right. Kauna so Oa. This, this kind of continuity, this uh, you know, thank this you. this long term, and, and goes back to to what he was talking about. Uh, you know, the the reverence for our ancestors, which is really reverence for our past, for our history, for uh, where we came from, right? And connecting that to you know to to now and the future, and yeah, uh, and also how he tied it. You know, he he connected it. 
not only individually but to all mankind. Right. You know, like we're all from from somewhere else, and right. we all came here, and we are all together on this place. You know, and right. I, I have I think that's fascinating. And another thing, one time I, when we took a canoe ride a, a while ago, uh, a couple of times ago, out by the uh, the by the hail the, the hail the Puo Kahala hail, and. Um, the canoe ride was very cool because the uh, one of the things I learned from the guy that gave the canoe ride was he said one of the things we like to say is the canoe is an island but the island is a canoe and, and, and I was like oh man that's great so you can take that from an individual to the to the outside world and also like from your country to the other countries also from our planet to the universe you know, yes. this is a canoe that we're on in this big, wide universe. You know, yes. and and so, I, I don't. There's a lot of, I think, a lot of, uh, a lot of powerful spirit that that lives around here, and I'm just going to avail myself to it. Nice. Well, I don't yeah, think I'm we can. Uh, doing that. It's yeah, good. yeah. Thank I don't. You. I don't think we can uh, say it any better than that. You know, and uh, and uh, Kenny, thank you once again for having us here. Uh, Doug Arison, thank you. I could not have done this without you. Mahalo, um, mahalo. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Great thanks to our guest, Donald Harrison, and all of our guests who uh, couldn't be here uh, personally today. But uh, We'll get them next time for you. They're in the book. That's right. We'll plan it out. And, uh, you know, Joe Cabral, thank you once again. You, and uh, as we like to say on the Trouble Men podcast and the Feral Zone, uh, trouble never ends, but, but the, the struggle, struggle continues. continues. And go to jazzalleytv.com and check out all our stuff. When the weather breaks, I'm gonna mend these fences. When the weather breaks, we're gonna go out dancing. Go One last Saturday Saturday night One last Saturday
Saturday.